Okay, welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies, where we dissect our favorite karate show, Cobra Kai. Possibly the only karate show still on the air. Unfortunately, there's been a dearth of karate shows recently. So. Yes, yes. Um, I'm your host, Nina. And I'm your other host, Letha. And we are, collectively, Cobra Kai Never, Never Dies. Dies. Um, so, how did you get into this show, Letha? I say as someone... Who forced you to watch this show? I got into the show because this asshole I know forced me to watch this <laughs> show. Um, what is your relationship to karate, if any? <laughs> I took two karate lessons when I was a kid, you know, where you dress up in, like, with the little outfit and the white belt. The gi. The gi, yes. And uh, for whatever reason, I never went back after that. So maybe maybe my interest in Cobra Kai as a show is about all of my failed ambitions. So um, you had a choice to not go back. That's interesting. I don't remember exactly why my parents were like, eh, no. I mean, maybe they just thought that, like, how good is karate going to look in a college application? Just forget this. But, yeah, never went much further with it. But I got in the show because um, my friend, Nina, who is, is right here with me, okay, sure. is obsessed, me under the bus like is that. completely obsessed with everything related to the 80s. And I want to say this. I think this is important <sighs> to get out of the way. Um, generally, Nina has the worst taste in everything. Um... And I I'm take, silently fuming. I take all of her recommendations with a huge grain of salt. So when she told me, like, you really need to watch this show, Cobra Kai, I was like, what? It's a sequel to The Karate Kid from the point of view of the villain from The Karate Kid? I'm going to love watching you eat crow episode after episode. <sighs> I watched it. I loved it. It proves to be, to this day, the only thing Nina's ever recommended to me that actually that's was as good true, as she said. But okay. Yeah, so that that's how I got into it. How did you get into it? Um, I also was forced into karate lessons, but not just karate lessons, also taekwondo lessons. Um, because, you know, it was the early 90s, and it was California, and this is a thing that you do. There was not just one dojo. There were multiple dojos. Um, and I was pretty terrible at it, uh, because me and my brother never practiced. I think we got to uh, an orange belt for both. And then, um, yeah, we, we were just, we were just really terrible at it. So what you're saying is that you couldn't just like... We were also failed karate accolades. Uh, you couldn't drop and kick ass And at this also, moment. I will say, we, we didn't form a, a strong and lasting bond with our dojo instructor. Um, and our parents had already put us in like 50 other activities, so... It was worthless at the end of it. All right. I mean, so with our illustrious karate backgrounds, we really felt like we could do justice to the show and, and really, like, go into the accuracy of the fights. That's true. But, I mean, I will say the show and really the Karate Kid series is not about karate. <laughs> I think anyone who watches even five minutes realizes it's about so much more than that. Um, so I've watched all, all of the Karate Kid movies, the original three um, I have not watched the Hillary Swank version or the the Will Smith's kid version because. But if we it's continue with this podcast, I want to say we will get to them. Eventually. Yes, we will. Um, but yeah, when I saw the trailer come out for this show, I was super pumped, and it it is just a spectacular show. So we are going to go each week. We're going to go each deep. episode, and we're going to go deep. And I want to just say from the start, we have seen both of the seasons that are currently available on YouTube, but we're not going to spoil anything as we go along. Yes. You know, we'll try not to. Um, but, you know, we actually love this show, and there's not a lot of people, like, dissecting every moment and facial expression, so we're, we're there for that. Yeah. Yeah. And every song, and every 80s beat. Mm -hmm. Every beat. 
Yes. So let's start at the beginning. Yes. So it opens to, was it December 1st, 1984? December 19th, you Philistine. Okay, so... Yeah, Lata will also be debuting her extensive SAT vocabulary. Anyway, December 9th, 1984? 19th, 1984. I can't understand dates anymore. It was a long time ago. It was a big day, though. I was not born yet. I I was born, sadly. Oh, my God. Um, It was the day of the All Valley Under-18 Karate Tournament. It was the day that Johnny Lawrence, you know, blonde, wearing his black Cobra Kai G... Is it a gi or a G? I think it's a gi. It's a gi. Oh, man. Um, yeah, he faces off against his epic rival, Daniel Russo, played by Ralph Macchio. Um, and this is this is really a powerful scene because I think it sets the tone for like all of the weird, unresolved trauma that follows these characters through the show. And I think that the uh, creators realized that this scene where they square off is a formative and maybe erotic moment in many people's lives. It's definitely erotic. My first impression of this fight scene is Johnny Lawrence can actually do karate. Like the kicks he's doing, there's he's high kicking, he's side sweeping, I don't know any other karate terms. Um, and Daniel's just kind of standing there like a deer in headlights. Um, he gets it's a couple points in early. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, inexplicably, the score is LaRusso 2, Lawrence 0. It just, I don't know why. I, I really can't understand it. And I've seen that first Karate Kid movie at least three times. Um, so I, what you're I saying is you feel like Johnny Lawrence was robbed. I do. I, I'm automatically on Johnny's side because just watching that first fight scene, I'm like, one person clearly has a level of karate skill <laughs> from years of training, and another person is standing in their white gi, um, looking uh, kind of dopey, looking that doing yeah. that crane kick at the end, the famous one leg kick where he yes. gets Johnny Lawrence in the face. Yeah. And I do not believe that you were actually on Johnny's side as like a young impressionable child. No, watching I was. This movie. I was probably Team Ralph Macchio. I was um, actually in love with Ralph Macchio when I was a kid. He's so, cute. Yeah. He's a very cute kid. Uh-huh. It's actually through watching the show that you start to realize there's there's more to Johnny's story than just '80s bully. Right. And I want to say, like, as a global thing about Cobra Kai, I think what's great is that you do. I mean, you feel for Johnny. Johnny's, like, definitely the hero of our story. But, like, they don't do that by, like, rewriting history or, like, making him not a jerk. And actually, yeah. You know, they yeah. like, he's he's a jerk, but he's also, like, a good guy. And you they know? also give an introduction to Kreese, uh, who, who is the uh, Johnny's coach of Cobra Kai. Sensei. You know. Sensei. You know what? I took a record six months of karate, so I speak with some authority. From my here. two lessons, it's Sensei. Johnny sensei, sensei John Kreese, um, who karate is... Karate coach, my God. Who is giving all sorts of terrible advice, uh, sweep the leg. Cheat, etc. You see, you, you, yes. you, even if you've never seen the Karate Kid movies as... Uh, full disclosure, my husband has not seen a single one of them, and yet we're still married. It's weird. But, like, yeah. he, he enjoyed Cobra Kai a lot, despite not having the necessary background to appreciate all the nuance, you know? Yeah. So, the end of the fight, um, they're tied, and then Daniel, Daniel LaRusso does his... Uh, dopey crane kick. Dopey crane kick. Ends up winning the match. And then we open to present day. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny on the ground at the tournament, and then it's Johnny on the ground as, like, a 40-something-year-old man. Or How on, old is he? Not on the ground. He's, like, in a bed in a shitty apartment. I don't know. I assume mid-40s, 50s, something okay. like that. 
Um, and you really like the first sort of montage. He's like Johnny going about his life. He lives in like a shitty apartment. He's, he's like eating spam, drinking Coors. Um, no offense to the good people of Coors sponsored this show. It, it is a very uh, bland uh, southern uh, Southern California apartment. It's very depressing. And I actually, the other thing I want to say is that I think both of us are from California. We're from Northern California, and this show is set in Southern California. But still, there's a look that California has that no TV show ever really captures because they're so concerned with like showing you the beach and like the rich people and stuff. But like, I don't the think I side. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen like this California, which is like totally the real California, which is like tons of strip malls and yeah. smoggy air. And, like, it, it's all, like, and not run... Body dojos. Right, yeah. It's, like, it's all... I'm not saying it's, like, run down or bad, but, like, I don't think people realize that most of California is sort of just, like, endless strip malls. And, like, yeah, yeah anyways, so I, I really like that touch. I also like... Um, so in the opening montage, you see Johnny going about his life. He, I think, works in construction. He's, like, not having a great day or a great time. And I also like that, like... He sees, like, these billboards for LaRusso. This is our first introduction to Daniel LaRusso. Neither one of them apparently has left the area, Mm -hmm. which is also kind of inexplicable. That's interesting, too. And, like, but, yeah, he sees these LaRusso billboards for LaRusso Auto Shop. Or, like, he's a... a Daniel LaRusso grew up to be a car dealer. And I also love that, too, because you can tell, like, Johnny's really irritated when he sees the billboards or sees the ads for LaRusso cars, like, on TV. But, like, being a car dealership owner is, I mean, it's it's cool and he's very successful, but it's also, like, not like he's, like, mayor or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's, I that really like his true hell. Yeah, I Mayor like that everybody... Oh my god. I, I like that they keep everything a little small scale. It's Were like, you surprised that that was his job? You know, not really, because it's just like, okay. <laughs> um, it's like, it's one of those things, like, I, I guess I, I just love, like, how the show, like, really, like, despite being about, like, dueling karate rivals, like, it really has, like, a good sense of scope. And it's just like, yeah. So, you know, Johnny Lawrence isn't like a... Or sorry, not, um, Daniel LaRusso isn't like a movie star or something. He's like a successful car dealership owner, right? And it's yeah. just like, okay. That's kind of like how most of our rivalries play out in real life. Like, they, they keep, like, a, a fair scope to them. Yeah. So he's having a shitty day, obviously. He's some sort of, like, repairman for rich people. Um, he gets into it with a customer... And yeah, he's just like he's he's putting the the TV on the wrong wall. They get into it. He gets fired. So um, this is this is this is when he starts drinking and driving. I guess. Um, or no 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 no. Backing up, we get into his first official meeting with Miguel. Yes, who will become the heart of the show. Yeah, this is kind of the central relationship. So Miguel lives in his building. He just moved in with his grandma and his his mom and he's an adorable he's, little teen. Yeah, he's adorable. And also, I really I, I mentioned this while we were rewatching this episode that like he's one of the few high school show heroes who looks like a high school kid. Like, like he doesn't look like a 28-year-old. He looks like he's actually like 16. I think he's actually yeah, he has braces. Yeah, he has which braces. Which would be weird for a 28-year-old actor. A little bit, yeah. And yeah. yeah, Miguel's adorable and like just starts making conversation with Johnny Lawrence and Johnny's just not having any of it. Johnny's just like yeah. whatever. Get, leave me alone, kid, you know. Um so then we get to what they ha- meet again by the mini mart. So he's having his shitty day. Um, it should—I I don't know at what point, but every time he's in his car, it seems like 
the LaRusso auto commercial comes on. It's a super annoying commercial. Yeah, it's like LaRusso just... Oh, I should mention this. I kind of figure if you're watching a Cobra Kai podcast, like, you've seen the show. But, like, if you haven't, they have this horrible slogan, "You ki- we kick the competition. And then Daniel does not a kick, but a karate chop. That's because he doesn't actually know karate. I think it should be... <laughs> as you will see throughout the show, I... I I don't believe that he knows any karate. Um, And so that's why he has his dealership. And oh, he gives away a free bonsai to all of his customers. And it's just... Before he actually meets uh, Daniel LaRusso for the first time in several years, he's like haunted by his disembodied voice coming through his TV. Trying to sell him a discount car. car, He's driving around the city and he's on these billboards. Kudos to Ralph Macchio, like just for making his character pretty obnoxious, you know? (laughs) Like, no one is on Daniel LaRusso's yeah, side after you've seen commercials. For sure. um, <laughs> but yeah, so, anyways, what happens is that Johnny um, is at, like, this sleazy mini-mart in a strip mall, and Miguel's getting harassed by, like, some local bullies. And I want to mention about the uh, local bullies. The I think bully? Yes, the yes, Asian bully. Yes, I underline that. So, if you go to school in California, as we did, um, you know, Asians never get to be bullies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're we're Asians, and we never get to be bullies. Yeah. So, you know, I was just, like, so happy he that, like... He was not just a bully. He was the leader of the He bullies. was the lead he bully. He was an example to the other white bullies. He was not a sidekick bully. No, no. This Asian man, like, stood up and said, I will, too, pick on defenseless kids. Yeah. And, I don't know, representation, score. And he was picking on a Latino nerd. Right? And, Barriers yeah. shattered everywhere. It was amazing. Um... So, you know, kids, really, you you can watch this show and know that you can grow up to be anything you want to be, including just messaging. a dick. Yeah. Um, um, so, so Miguel buys some Pepto-Bismol for his grandmother or something. Him and, uh, these, him and Johnny have, like, a little... A little interaction. But basically, like, what happens is he goes outside. Like, the school bullies start taunting him, pushing him around. They pour his Pepto-Bismol on his head. They decide to call him Rhea, a nickname that sticks around for a little bit. And then, like, as, like Johnny's just there eating, like, a slice of disgusting pizza. He's not getting involved until they throw Miguel into his car, which is, like, a red Pontiac Firebird and clearly the love of his life. And so... The only way we know the name of that car is because they said it. There's no way I would be able to tell what classic car that yeah, is. Yeah, no, I'm not, we're not classic car people. Clearly, we're karate people. But, uh, yeah, so that's when Johnny steps up, and you get to see him do karate for, like, the first time in probably a million years. And there's something very satisfying about seeing a middle-aged man kick the crap out of a group of teenage boys. And they had it coming. They really did. Uh, and it was kind of like an Indian-style fight scene where the bullies kind of came at him one at a time. <laughs> yes, it was like a Bollywood movie. I mean, it's it's great to see. Yeah. And the Asian bully just kept rising up and trying again. But yes, uh, he kicks their ass. The cops come. He's a middle-aged man beating up a bunch of teenagers. So he's the one who, of course, gets pepper sprayed, hauled away to jail. He gets bailed out. When he goes back to his apartment, you find out that his stepdad is the one who bailed him out. So right. you get a little bit of Johnny Lawrence characterization. Yeah. There, you know. And you're feeling pretty bad for the man at this point. Yeah, his stepdad's clearly a, a dick and actually... Tries to buy him off. Yeah, basically gives him a check. Why and would it's anyone just like, try to buy me off? I know. I wish somebody would... You could buy me off if you want to. I, every day, I wish I had the money to scrape together to buy you off. But you don't, and that's why we're co-hosting a podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a slippery slope, kids. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, he turns down the money. Um, so, he, he's not having... Is it? So, this is the next day, I guess. Um, and he... What point does his, his Firebird get destroyed? 
Okay. When does the drinking and driving come into this? Right. We just watched, we just watched it like, 20 minutes ago. It kind of seems like he's just drinking Coors and driving a lot. So you, you do sort of mistrack. Like, it's hard to keep track. But I think what happens is that, like, he's watching a movie. I think it's, you said it was Top Gun? Think? I think it was Top Gun. And, you know, it actually just perfectly fits. we, we got to get our fact checker on this. Yes. But, uh, he's stuck 30 years in the past. Right. And he's watching this movie and he's feeling bad. And, like... He's really getting into it, and, like, there's a speech about, like, realizing your potential that you can see that he really, like, relates to. He has more to. flashbacks about the All-Valley Tournament. No, no, that's in a moment. Like, what happens is that he sees a LaRusso car commercial, and it just, like, drives him over the edge. He, like, destroys his TV. It drives us all over the edge, to be right. honest. Right. I mean, at this point, if you're you just, see, like, If you hear oh. that commercial once, it's enough. So come on down and visit LaRusso Auto Group. Every customer leaves with their very own bonsai tree. We kick the competition. So he he hops into his red Pontiac Firebird with his Coors product placement, and then um, he goes for product like product placement for what? Red Pontiac Firebirds and Coors, obviously for for your life being at a epic nadir before you <laughs> rise up like a phoenix. Still drinking Coors, though. Yes. So I, he, he's not, like, casually drinking driving. He's, like, swerving all over yeah. the place. <laughs> and then as comes... all these scenes of his his adolescence flash, Elizabeth Shue, the All-Valley Tournament, and like stupid LaRusso's face. I will honestly say that, like, you would think that this show would be incredibly cheesy, but it honestly avoids a lot of that until this point, when it's like, he has a flashback. And then you can like, oh, there's Elizabeth Shue's face. And then you see him smiling. Elizabeth oh. Shue is, by the way, the central love interest in the first movie. Um, and I think she pieced out after the first movie, never to be seen again. Or will she? But we don't know. Still lingers heavily on yes. the lines uh, of our protagonists. Oh my god. But and I don't know how long they dated. I don't remember that. But the fact that he's still living it. Still thinking about her while drunk driving. God I know. Damn. And then I like, want to haunt a man's dreams like that. Maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah, you just don't know about it. Somebody's <laughs> drinking a Coors right now and thinking about you. Oh, um, the All Valley Tournament. A dream. But yeah, and then you see him, like, he thinks about Daniel and he frowns. And he, like, thinks about his old yeah. karate sensei. And he, he, he frowns hard, harder. And it's just a little bit like, oh, my God. And I will say, William Zabka is a terrific actor. He is so good. But yeah. not even he can sell this. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But anyway, somewhere in his drunken meanderings, like, his red Pontiac Firebird ends up getting hit by a car driven by a bunch of teenage girls. Reckless teens. Reckless teenage girls. And they, like, just scream and drive away without, like, saying anything or doing anything. And his car is totaled, and it is towed away to none other than LaRusso Auto Group. Yes. And Um, this is when you finally get to see Daniel LaRusso in the flesh, not in commercial form. We've all been waiting for it. And Uh, I will say his introduction is just as annoying as I thought it would be. He... He makes it. He makes it extremely awkward by pulling him in for a hug. It's like, hey, you old high school ru- rival, and then pulls him in, and William Zabka's like has his arms crossed, and oh, it's so good. I actually, I I liked that because, again, I really like that a lot of things are like weirdly realistic about this show, and that's probably how you would greet somebody that who was your karate rival in high school, like. Yeah. Hey, that's how I it's greet you. Karate rivals. That's how we greet each other, and we're kind of like that's karate true. rivals. That's um, true. In, in a certain sense. And it's so weird because in one or two sentences, they manage to talk about, "Hey, remember that illegal kick that you gave? I don't remember it that way." Hey, remember Elizabeth Shue, the girl you stole away right. from me? But they're still doing. They're still doing this perfectly up. civil like way that grown-ups meet. Like, oh, hey. 
oh my god you guys should be johnny we we go way back yeah yeah and no one can really tell the simmering tensions underneath Right, yeah, like his the other guys at the car dealership were like, oh, cool, the karate guy. Um, but yeah, like, and then Daniel does this thing where it's like half classy and also half incredibly passive aggressive almost that he like, he's like, you know what, like this is on the house. This, this, this fixing yeah. up of your car is on the house, which is a little bit like... He's uh, like, we can afford it. Look around at my <laughs> dealership. But I... I think it's worth saying that the worst, he undercut that gesture by saying, you know what, I got something for you. And he runs back and he gets a bonsai and he hands it to Johnny. And then you just want to punch him. But then, I know, but then he says the words that actually, these are the words that launch this show into action. These are, these are the words when he says, he gives him the, he gives him the bonsai tree and he's like, you know, I don't really blame you for anything that happened back then. It was Cobra Kai. And we're all better off without them, am I right? Dun 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 dun, and that's that's it. And then it. Johnny storms out. He throws that mass-produced bonsai uh, to the floor. You know, which bon- is honestly what it deserved. Bonsais are pretty expensive. I felt bad about that. Really? Yeah. Like I don't that. even. I see. I don't trust that it was even a real bonsai. I think. I think Ralph Macchio had sold out so early on. He has like fifty thousand of those things in a faux greenhouse in the back. Oh my like, god! What the fuck. Like I don't understand anything about that bonsai move. Um. Anyway, this is the final straw, and Johnny gets back to his shitty apartment complex, runs into Miguel, and he's like. I'm going to teach you karate. Let's fucking do this. I'm going to teach you Cobra Kai karate. And, you know, and then he, like, takes that check that his stepfather gave him. He'd ripped it up. He tapes it back together. And, you know, he's going to start a dojo with it. And, yes, there's a montage of opening a dojo. Yes, and he paints on the wall. Strike Strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's a perfect ending. And just, what did you like so much about it, Nina, before I say what I like so much about it? I think it packed a lot in... To one episode you get all of the main relationships but i think we actually feel like he's gonna come back from this like he's had the most epically shitty day and night a man can have his car is totaled his stepfather's a jerk he meets his high school rival who wants a car dealership and gives him a bonsai i mean that cannot be born i That's... i know it's an offense that it demands Payment in return. Yeah, and the payment that can only come in the form of starting a karate dojo. Yes. It's a very weird show to explain, actually, when you put it in those words. Oh, and final thing, uh, while we're setting up the characters, we note that one of the reckless teens that totaled Johnny's car was, in fact, Daniel LaRusso's daughter. Dun-dun-dun! Right, Yeah. mystery teen. Mm-hmm. So, all of this will become important later, but... Yeah, generally, it's like, considering who recommended the show to me, I was expecting... A visionary? I was expecting something, like, a lot cheesier, and I would have to say, like, it, it's kind of, like I said, it keeps things real, it, like, doesn't, like, I mean, Johnny's life is kind of shitty, and he's, like, a deadbeat, but he's not, like, a hobo or something, yeah. and, like, and Daniel LaRusso isn't, like, there are Asian the world. bullies all over the place. Totally, man. Asian bullies are the silent epidemic people do not talk about, and for... If only to put a spotlight on that. Like, yeah, this episode gets an A for me. All right. Uh, I'll give this one an A as well. Uh, <laughs> you didn't think about your grading system Fine, at all, you know did what? you? We'll, we'll do, like, five kicks, two side sweeps. We'll, we'll figure out the rating system later. I really think it gets... No, five, you know what? Five crane kicks. It gets five bonsais for me. 
Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. These are all questions to parse in a later episode. And remember, kids, strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. We were supposed to say it at the same time. Okay, huh? no mercy. No mercy. I think that was at the same time. Yeah. <laughs>